0: I'm excited for the Lord. This morning, what I want to talk about is troubled. Troubled. The word troubled means this beset by problems or conflict. And I apologize that these words are small, but I wanted to fit it all in the screen. Beset by problems or conflict. It means also disturbed, agitated, afflicted, annoyed. And then I define those words. Because sometimes when you look up a word to define it, there are other words that are given. And these words were given to define that one. But I wanted to look that up too. So disturbed means made uneasy or restless. Agitated means tossed from side to side or shaken. Afflicted means suffering grief or distress of any kind. And then annoyed, which means injured by something that is continued or repeated. Troubled. Folks, we live in a world that's filled with growing challenges in many areas. The span, they span the gamut of political, social, economic, personal relationships, emotional, as well as spiritual well-being. All of those areas. While we may not personally be affected by some of these areas. How many know none of, none of us are exempt from the stress and difficulties they can bring into our lives, causing us to be troubled on the inside? Regardless of how disturbing life's problems can be, and they can be disturbing, some of them really unsettling, They must. we must never lose sight of, of what is the most important thing in all of the world. And you want to know what that is, I'm about to tell you. The most important, the single most important thing in all the world, in all of our lives, is our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the single most important thing because He is the only way to our Heavenly Father. When we make Jesus the priority in our lives. We make Him the priority in our lives above everything else, above everyone else. We look at life and its challenges through a completely different perspective. We look at life's challenges through God's eyes and not our own eyes and not our own perspective. How many of you know that God can be troubled as well? I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about it, but God can be troubled as well. What troubles God? Well, I'm glad you asked, because there's an example in Scripture that I'd like to bring out. Genesis chapter five, 6, verses 5 and 6 says this, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Sounds like today, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. The Lord regretted that he made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. I believe the greatest trouble there can be is when God is troubled. God was not only troubled, but the scripture says he was deeply troubled. I want to read this also out of the King James and the New Living Translation. The King James says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart it grieved him at his heart the New Living Translation says that it broke his heart actually New Living Translation puts it this way, so the Lord was sorry they'd ever made them and he put them on the earth and it broke his heart the thing that troubled God deeply was sin It broke his heart and sin's effect on man. How that they were turning away from him and turning towards sin. When our perspective of being troubled by sin mirrors God's perspective, it will cause us to realize how critical it really is for us to stay close to Jesus. It's really the perspective that we must have. Breaking God's heart is not something that I ever want to do. I never want to break God's heart. There's an old, old song. Some of you may know. And it's old because it was old when I was a kid. It says, I want my Lord to be satisfied with me. I want my life to be what He'd have it be. And when I reach that great eternity, I want to know my Lord is satisfied yeah. with me. How old is that song, Pastor Bill? older than him it's, it's old it's old and I can say that because in the book of uh, uh, Joshua I think it's, it's either Deuteronomy or Joshua I think it's Joshua when the Lord came to Joshua and he said Joshua you are well advanced in years and I'm like man when God says you're old you know you're old and he was about 80 at the time so here are some examples from the Bible that I want to give you this morning. You know, focusing on Jesus above everything else will cause us to realize that when trouble comes our way, and it will, that he will help us through it all. I remember Hannah in the Bible. Hannah. Hannah could not bear children. And this was the deepest desire of her heart. So she went Time after time, year after year, to sacrifice to the Lord. But she reached a point where she just couldn't take it anymore. And in your Bible, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse number 10, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Weeping bitterly. Verse 12 says, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. Eli was the priest. And said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Verse 15. She says, not so, my Lord. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. Deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Have you ever been deeply troubled by a circumstance over which you had no control? When you get to that place and you're anguished in your soul, God is the one that can do something about it. I heard someone say one time in a Sunday school class, they said, you know, when you complain to somebody who can't do anything about it, it's a complaint. But when you complain to somebody who can do something about it, it's justified because you're going to somebody who has the authority and who has power to do something. It goes on to say in verse 17, Eli answered, Go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Hannah no longer had to be troubled in her spirit because she knew she had been touched with the Lord. And I would submit to you today that if you're deeply anguished in your soul, you have something that is so deep and so longing and so uh, 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 so hurtful, just as Hannah did, that when you take it to the Lord, you know that He is going to hear you and you know that He is going to, to touch you. And you'll know that when you've gotten done that you have been touched by the Lord and you don't have to go around downcast. David said it this way in one of the psalms. He said uh, uh, you know, why are you so downcast? Oh my soul, put your trust in the Lord. He was basically talking to himself saying why are you being this way? Why are you feeling so downcast? You don't have to be this way. Psalm 73 verses 12 through 16 says this, "says this is what the wicked are like. Always free of care they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken like out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. The psalmist was deeply troubled. It seemed like daily life struggles... And and hardships seem to be a regular, normal part of his life. Have you ever thought that there's been a season of your life where you may have just gone through something and it just seems like if it's not one thing, it's another. And it just seems like it's just a snowball rolling downhill and everything just seems to be going wrong all at the same time. And when one thing gets wrapped up, something else happens. It just seems like there's a season of time uh, occasionally and not, hopefully not for everyone all the time that, that it just it just happens over and over again. He even knew for certain that his walk with God was right. He made it a point. And, and when you know everything that you've done and your power is right, your relationship with God is where it's supposed to be, and you're right standing with God, you've done everything right, You're you're not... You're not doing anything that would be against what the Word of God says, or what your 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 uh, the, the teachings of of what the Word say, or what the Spirit of the Lord would lead. You're not you're living for God to all the best of your ability, but still it seems like things go wrong, and you can look at other people that are godless people, and it just seems like, man, they just have money, have wealth, they don't seem to have a care in the world, and they are just living it up, and and here I am living for God, and I'm looking at them, and it looks like they got a whole lot better going on than i got going on right now. Well, let me tell you something. As Zig Ziglar said one time, he said, you know, money can buy a lot of things. Money can buy you a place to sleep, but it can't buy you a night's sleep. Money can buy you companionship, but it can't buy you relationship. There's a lot of things that money can do. Why was it that all those who seemed to have a disregard for the Lord and the things of God were living life to the full and seemed to be prospering and have no problems? Have you ever felt that way? You felt like you've been under a perpetual blanket of hardship? Well, the next verse is what he realizes. He said, I was feeling all this way. And I want you to look at verse number 17, verse 17, Psalm 73. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Their final destiny. How many have ever taken a long road trip? (laughs) our first long road trip was in 1999 wasn't it to California that's the first time we'd gone someplace that was probably not a surrounding state of Oklahoma or you know just within a few hundred miles from here and that trip was a um, we, 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 we stopped by the Grand Canyon on the way we went and we were gone for what 12 days or something like that long time we were long time biggest trip we'd ever gone on kids still remember that to this day I'm sure and um, and we've made a few trips to California Uh, we made a few trips to Florida and um, when's the last time we went on one of those long trips was it to Florida maybe in 11 or 14 2014 the last time we went to Florida and I gotta tell you That driving 15 hours, or however long it was, you know, it wasn't the same. Um, I'm not as young as I was then. (laughs) I mean, after about three hours, I'm like, I feel like I need to get pried out of the car and you know when you're going on these uh, no you don't have to go to the bathroom we just stop we'll just keep (laughs) but I've learned I've learned I think uh, I I I think it was one time when Annette was pregnant or something and she had to stop frequently we were going to probably Texas or somewhere and I made a comment about that and I'll never do that again (laughs) because the Lord struck me with the same thing the next go-around, and I was the one that had to stop. So um, anyway, but you know, the the journey's different from one time to the next. And when you're on the journey, when you're on the journey... um, Sometimes you get so wrapped up in what's happening along the journey and you're thinking, you know, this isn't really all that comfortable. Was it really worth going all this way? And then you think, what's the destination? Where are we going? What's the destination? And you think about what's going to happen when you get there. And that's what the psalmist was writing here. He said, Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood what their final destiny is. That place of praise and solace. That sanctuary of God. The God of the universe. I understand that those who are godless that seem to have everything going for them are not going to the same place that I'm going because my hope, my trust, my confidence is in the Lord. And it goes on. Verse number 21. The psalmist writes, When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you, yet I am always with you. Yet I am always with you. You hold by my right hand, you guide me with your counsel. And here, look at verse 24. And afterward, you will take me into glory. How powerful is that! after all this is said and done, you're going to take me into glory. And then he says, verse 25, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. This is what the psalmist was getting. He was getting, you know, in all the vast earth and heaven, there's nobody I have like you, God. And earth has nothing I desire when our affections and our attentions are set up on the Lord Jesus Christ we realize that there is nothing this world offers that is better. Amen. In verse 26 he said my flesh and my heart may fail but but God is the strength of my heart forever and my portion forever. The next time you wonder why it seems you be you seem to be singled out in your suffering and troubling situation remember this that there is more to life than what we see what our natural eyes can see there is more to it than this afterward he will take us to glory because our faith is in Jesus Christ and this world has nothing I desire but the strength of my heart and he is my portion forever One person believes it. He is my portion forever. Amen? Amen. He is my portion forever. I remember when I was about four years old, my mama had me sing in front of the church. She played the piano and I would sing a song and I could probably probably play and sing it now, but it it would say, it says this. It says, I've got something that the world can't give and the world can't take Take it it away." away. I've got something that the world can't give and it keeps me night and day. I've got something to talk about. It makes me sing and it makes me shout. I've got something that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. How I mean, ever heard that song? A couple people. Um, Annette probably heard me sing that song when I was little. I don't know, maybe. Um, we've known each other for a long time. So... Remember, he is your portion forever. The world doesn't have anything. But we have Jesus. I want you to look at Luke chapter 6, verse 17. Luke 6, verse 17. He went down with them, talking about Jesus, went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there. And a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. I want you to look at that. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. How many know that the devil uses impure evil spirits to wreak havoc in our lives? These were not people who were possessed by the devil or by impure evil spirits. They were people who have been oppressed. One example of that is also a woman who was crippled and who entered the synagogue, if you remember the story. And she was crippled, I think it was 18 years. I don't have it right here with me, but I believe it was for 18 years she was crippled. She was bent over, and the Bible says she could not stand up. And Jesus called her out in the synagogue and healed her, and she stood up. But that verse said that she was oppressed by an impure spirit, an evil spirit. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to wreak havoc in your lives by bringing all the influences of his spirit world one of the definitions of, the tru- of trouble is afflicted, which means suffering grief and distress of any kind. And he does this in various ways. He tries to bring all the power that he can against your life to make your life miserable and uncomfortable as long as you're serving the Lord. And, you know, if you're not trying to serve the Lord, he really could care less. But when you try to do something for Jesus, that's really when he really shows up more. The devil's mission is to afflict you with suffering and distress of all kinds, but just as the Scripture tells us, those troubled by impure spirits were cured. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is in the house and you will be cured as well. Whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a physical infirmity. It could be something that's been locked away in your emotions, in your uh, relationships, whatever that is. I just feel like saying this this morning, and that is that there is a big deception that the enemy likes to try to do. He likes to take our past and bring it to our future Mm -hmm. and our present. He thinks that our past is indicative of where we are right now and it's going to be a part of where we go in the future. And he always wants to bring that to the top of your mind. Mm -hmm. But my Bible tells me that when God gives forgiveness to us, when we're forgiven of our sin, that our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us again. He doesn't bring it up. And the Bible says in First Corinthians 13 that love keeps no record of wrongs. How I many know it says that? Love keeps no record of wrongs. Right. All the wrongs that we have done are gone. They're annihilated, but they're not gone from the devil's playbook. He tries to bring it up over and over again, and he wants to remind you that every time that you may do something that, that may be in, in, something that you hadn't planned on doing or, or something that happens in your life, and the devil comes and whispers in your ear and he says, see, it's because of that situation right there that happened in your past. That's why this is happening here today. There are people who were abused earlier in their lives, who had horrible things done to them. There were people who had all kinds of things that they went through that they should never have had to gone through, but they did. And those hurts run deep. They're horrible should never have happened. And if one allows themselves to dwell on that, they can be engrossed in all of that again. And while the believer may know that they are free from sin, they know it in their mind, they know it in their heart, they know it in their spirit, there's still something that has crippled them from that memory and that hurt in the past that causes them to just not be free from that hurt. And may I tell you that the same God that forgives you from sin, that delivers you from all of the oppression, has the ability and power to free free you from the pain of that torment and the pain of all that that happened way back then. And if we're not careful what we end up doing because we're human, is we listen to what the enemy says and we and, and he says well you can't do this because that happened to you you are you're you just can't go on i heard someone say one time i don't have any business teaching a class about marriage because i've had failed marriages that's a lie from the enemy because the truth of of the gospel is the truth of the gospel it is the truth and that whenever that was forgiven that should not be crippling for us moving forward and if not careful we can use it as a crutch and we can say well I can't do this because of that and I'm here today to tell you that that trouble that has gone on in the past in your life while it may be painful it's time to be healed it's time to be delivered and it's time to be set free from that In Luke six nineteen, continuing on in this vein, and all the people tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all, healing them all. He's here to heal and deliver you from all kinds of trouble. In John, in John 13, Jesus had washed the disciples' feet. He had revealed that Judas was going to betray him and that Peter would deny him three times. This brought doubts and questions to the disciples wondering themselves. as This troubled them. I mean, can you imagine when Jesus says, Judas, you're going to betray me. And then he left. And then he told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And all the other disciples in this environment of fellowship. All this comes up and the disciples are just like, what's going on? And Jesus speaks these words in the midst of all of that puzzling happening in John 14:1 he says do not let your hearts be troubled you believe in god believe also in me I've used this at many funerals because of what the next verse says but if you look at the context there weren't chapter marks in the Bible, so it flows from one to the other. So, this is what happened in chapter 13. And right after all of this, and he just had that conversation with the disciples, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. In the midst of all of this that I have told you that's going to happen, some stuff that's not so good, don't let your hearts be troubled. And he said, um, um, Basically, your inadequacies, whatever you may think in your relationship in your relationship with God, don't let your heart or the very inner core of your spirit be troubled, but continue to believe in God and believe in Jesus. This life Here is not all that we have. He goes on to let let us know the specifics. And he said in in verse 2, he says, "My, My father's house has many rooms if this were not so I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, here it is. I will come back and take you with me that you may also be where I am. Folks, we are on a destination. And there are things along the journey that may happen that are not the best that happens. We may be troubled. We may be uh, affected from time to time from what the enemy does to our lives. But we look at where we're going. We're going to that place where Jesus said, I am coming again. I'm I'm coming back to take you with me. We must take Jesus at His word. He means what He says Jesus is coming back to take us where he is going. He is right now. But until then, this is what he reminds us of. And I am going to close with this verse. In verse 26, John 14, 26, he said, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus gives us something that the world cannot give. He gives us true peace. And he gives it to you. There it is, church. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Because Jesus is the waymaker, the deliverer. She picked Waymaker song before she I she didn't even know I had that in there. He's the deliverer, and he's the healer from all kinds of trouble. Let's pray this morning, Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for who you are. And I ask God that you will just remind us again that you are the healer. You are the deliverer. and that when all these troubles come, there is no distance to what you can do. All the past hurts, all the past failures, whatever trouble is going on in our spirits and in our lives, we give it over to you because Lord, you said that we shouldn't let our hearts be troubled. Because we believe in you, we look at the end destination and where we're going is with you. And I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. In just a few moments, I want to give you the opportunity to respond in a time of prayer. Have fear and doubt come against your mind. Has your faith been sorely tried? Sing it to Him. Rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. Let faith arise in your hearts. Let faith arise in your soul. Rise and be healed. A moment again, and I'm going to give you the opportunity right now if you're in this house. I want to have I want to pray with you that we're not doing close in personal prayer right now, but there's ample room here to come and stand as a representation of your need to the Lord. And you're saying, Yes, I need that healing touch, I need that deliverance from the trouble, I need that, and I don't want you to be afraid. Do not let your hearts be afraid not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. There must be faith over fear in the name of Jesus. If that's you right now, we're going to sing this again and I want you to just come and stand close to the front here. Hallelujah. to be healed of the sin and repent oh lord help me oh god never to go that way again i thank you for it in the name of jesus hallelujah we agree together right now in the name of jesus hallelujah lord i praise you for your presence here in this house i will not operate in fear but I will operate in faith and I'm not going to be troubled and I'm going to believe in you and I'm not going to be afraid. Hallelujah. Let's sing that first verse one more time. Have fear and doubt come against your mind. Has your faith been sorely tried? Has your faith been sorely tried? Lift up your eyes lift up your eyes here cometh your help it is jesus for And I, I brought this here for a reason. We're going to follow the guidelines. And we haven't been doing close and personal prayer. But I'm going to wear a mask. We're going to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. And if there are those, and that you can come help. We're going to wear a mask. And we're going to just stretch your hand this way that may want to come and stand in close proximity that's okay we're going to wear a mask from the guidelines that the government gives us and we're going to pray hallelujah thank you Jesus the name of Jesus. I thank you for your touch. I thank you for victory in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your touch. I thank you for your deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for and we declare healing right now from everything, every area, right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead, just keep praising him, keep praising him. Nick Brian, come on. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you right now for your touch in the name of Jesus I thank you Lord for your healing power for your deliverance Lord I thank you for the power and agreement I thank you Lord for who you are in Christ Jesus Hallelujah I thank you Lord for the deliverance that is here in the name of Jesus every bit whole, every bit whole. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for your touch and your anointing. Lord, as your anointing falls down upon my brother from the top of his head down to the tips of his toes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah 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 Woo. glory 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 hallelujah. hallelujah church we serve an awesome God we serve a magnificent God pastor you've never done that before all since COVID I know that the Lord's like telling me, just right up here, are you going to be afraid? I'm preaching it, and he's preaching it to me. That's what he does. I'm not going to be governed by fear. I'm going to be governed by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, I think my mic quit. That's all right, I don't need it. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. Sister Glendola, the Lord's not done with you just yet. There's something else He wants to do this morning, and I just... There's an insurgence of strength that he wants to give you and I'm believing we're going to we're just going to believe for that extra strength and oomph that you need right now in the name of Jesus. Father, as we agree together right now, I claim the strength of the Lord to come into her physical body and Lord into her spirit right now in the name of Jesus. God, as she has certain things that she desires to accomplish and she feels restricted I believe you're coming alongside of her in filling her with your presence. Lord, you will just cause her to see that surge of strength and energy that she needs. In the name of Jesus, I praise you for it right now. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Church, we serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. And uh, I, I know that That there's protocols that have been put into place, but I know this, that we can do everything as good as we can, and we'll do our best. And uh, for those of you, we've we've told you before, there's hand sanitizing stations back there. Uh, There's, you know, all kinds of stuff. We encourage people to wear masks. The, The city has asked us to do that, and it doesn't hurt me to wear a mask. And if that's what i got to do to pray, then that's what i got to do. If Paul can pray when he's chained up in prison, I can put on a mask and pray. You know? I'm not chained up. I thank the Lord for it. Thank you for worshiping the Lord. I just, I just feel like God has started something powerful in this place this morning. I think that there is a loosening that's happening with God's people. And I believe that as we pray and as we seek Him more and more, not just in this place, but in your prayer closets and in your homes, that God will see, you will see things unfold in your families that you've never seen before. Spiritually, people will be opened up and open to receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.